Go, Chris. Goodbye, my friend, it's hard to die When all the birds are singing in the sky Good evening, ladies and gentlemen of the internet. Welcome to the podcast, Love the Graps. My name's Chris. I'm on the line with Alan. Hiya. There he is, that's Alan, with a classic hiya. Yeah, I thought I'd bring it back. Yes. Um, do, you, do you remember why I stopped doing that? Because my housemate called you out on it. She said she yeah. didn't like it. Yeah, and I thought, well, the least I can do if I'm recording in her house is not <laughs> not do the one thing that she actually finds annoying. So yeah, but she's not I mean, here now. Also, not it's not the only thing that she finds <laughs> annoying. Um, yeah, um, yeah, she's not here. Um, in my bedroom alone recording a podcast over the internet with you yeah with you. i'm sitting in my kitchen uh, i've just cooked tea so i've plated yeah. it up um so it's it's ready to uh to eat after we've recorded the podcast because because we're we're recording currently at, at prime tea cooking time um oh. so i had to, to cook the tea a bit earlier um oh. to, to get it i've got such a busy schedule um you know I, I had to put a couple of hours aside earlier for a nap um yeah. that was that was timetabled um mm. i had to watch a weird film uh by a spanish director um which is the first ever co-production between the estonian and ethiopian film industries um so okay. you know you, you have to make these time for these things so yeah you have to squeeze things in and the tea is done oh well done yeah congrats yeah i really am proud of you yeah, what, we're having a quiche. What, we're having quiche, mate. A quiche, what, like a quiche Lorraine? No, it's um, it's a uh, winter vegetable and red pepper uh, quiche. Sounds delightful. Yeah, it's Absolutely lovely. Delightful. Yeah, I like a got quiche. Some, got some um, herby potatoes with it and a bit of a bit of root vegetable mash. Ooh, I know. That sounds. Do you know what? That sounds good to me. Yeah, it's good. I would have that. I don't know what yeah. I'm going to have for dinner. I haven't worked it out, Alan. Yeah. I was quite um, a latecomer to quiche. Because I, I don't like eggs. Yeah. And no. Okay. Because like, I was quite a latecomer to mayonnaise as well, cause for the same reason. Mm. You know, I always used to, uh, when, um, when Christmas came around, because uh, back in the day, they only used to advertise mayonnaise at Christmas. Um, and Bob Carroll G's, um, and there's a name for... Probably our demographic. I mean, our demographic yeah, yeah, will know yeah. who that is. Um, he would come on telly and, and uh, advertise Hellman's mayonnaise. And I'd always think it looked lovely, but I didn't like eggs. So I thought, well, it's basically creamed egg, um, not Cadbury's creamed egg. Um, oh. So I never tried it. And then when I did finally get to it, I didn't find it eggy at all. In fact, salad cream is probably more eggy than, um, than a mayonnaise. Uh, and the same is, is true with, with quiche. It's not, it's not eggy at all, is it? Yeah. Um. There you go. My my journey, <laughs> my journey in food um, via the, the the message of trying to avoid stuff with eggs in. I guess I guess those two things don't taste particularly egg. No, no. they don't smell. They don't smell of eggs. I think 
I think for a lot of people that don't like eggs, it's it's the smell. Oh man, um, scrambled eggs. Oh my god. It's... I mean, I love eggs. I had eggs for my lunch today. Really? What type of eggs yeah. did you have? Well, did you have I, I, Did you have deviled eggs? No, 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 I didn't. But I'm not even what? sure I, what they I had, are. I had some leftover rice. Yeah. Um, just some brown rice that I cooked up. It was leftover. I uh, I, I fried that up with um, some mushrooms and some kimchi, and yeah. I turned it all into a big omelette. Nice. Yeah. See, omelette, omelettes again. I've never eaten omelettes, but sometimes an omelette looks really nice. But yeah. again, eggs, isn't it? Well, an omelette is very much eggs. Right. So, yeah. yeah, it's one of the eggier egg items. Right. I'll probably, I'll probably give it a miss. Then. I don't think you should eat it if you're not, if you don't like eggs. I don't think you should eat the eggy egg egg food. No. In fact, actually, if you don't like eggs, I don't think you should be allowed to have mayonnaise or quiche. I think it should be taken away from you. That's, that's just cruel. No, I, the thing is with eggs, I think it's all or nothing. It's not. It's, it's not a. Uh, it's not a, a political stance. It's not an egg lives matter thing. It's. I just. I just don't like eggs. Not sure. I'm ready for that satire. <laughs> I mean, it um, is the the weakest satire you can you can bring. Yeah. yeah. Well, maybe we should talk about a wrestling show. Maybe we should talk about N Eggs T. Yeah. Yeah. Because yeah, this time, instead of me making you watch wrestling, you made me watch wrestling. I didn't make you watch it. I didn't make you watch it. I saw that there were. I saw that there had been an NXT show, and I saw that it was only about two hours long. So I was like, I could watch this while I'm working. I could put this on in the background, and I could make Alan watch it, so that we do a podcast about it. Yeah. Um, bearing in mind, we both watched it at the beginning of the week, and it's now Friday. Yeah. Um, I might tell you how we felt a little bit about the show. I mean, um, I, I, wa- I watched the first half on Monday afternoon, um, yeah. and then I was falling asleep during the Keith Lee Johnny Gagano match. It's not their fault. I was tired. Um, sleep's all over the place. I'm sure I'm not the only one. Of that. And then I watched the second bit Monday morning at work because my boss wasn't in. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, but I'd already checked the results anyway because, as you know, um, we'll have a discussion about this later. I, I am very into my cinematic wrestling. Um, and I know you hate that term. And we'll, again, we'll talk about that later. Um, yeah. So I did check if there was some cinematic wrestling on the show. Um, and uh, there was. It didn't sound particularly interesting. But when you said watch it, I thought, OK, I'll watch it. And I, do you know what? I watched the whole thing. And, yeah. and, I, and I did. And we're about to tell you what we thought of it. Well, as I was, just, I was saying to Alan just before... Um, before I hit record on the podcast, but I had to bring up cagematch.net just to refresh myself on the names of some of these people that wrestle for NXT. Um, but there was a review. I'm going to read the review that I, that I read to you, Alan, because I think okay. um, I think <laughs> I think it sums up um, a lot about the, the way I feel about the show. Um, yeah. The way I feel about wrestling in general. Um, <laughs> So this is a review from NWO member. Uh, oh, which, which which one? <laughs> no, that's just the name. The name of the user is NWO member. Okay. 
um, and wrote their review yesterday. And it says, I think this was the best WWE show since the start of the COVID-19 pandemic. Not a bad match on the card and a good main event. In my opinion, the addition of the NXT crowd, meaning the NXT workers who were in the crowd, really helped me watching the last shows. And that's four out of ten. <laughs> so, um, I mean, yeah, I, like, like if you, if you just go the first bit about this is the best WWE show since uh, the lockdown started, then four out of ten could possibly be a reasonable score. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. But he does qualify. I mean, I, I say he. It may be a she. Um, you know, were the, there any the, women in the NWO? Um, oh, was Elizabeth in the NWO for oh, a bit? Know, maybe. I think maybe. she was maybe for a bit. Um, so there's, but, there's a there's a one in one hundred chance that it's a woman writing this. I mean, it's someone reviewing wrestling on the internet, so much less than that. Really, much <laughs> less than that. Um, but yeah, to actually include some bits that you thought were were good, and uh, then I'd, I'd say if if there's not a bad match on the show, it's a minimum five, surely. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You're hitting average. You're hit. That's an average, right? Yeah. If you're yeah. saying there's not a bad match on the cards, like at the very least, you're talking it's an average show. Yeah. So I think we should try and get NWO member on the podcast. Yeah, NWO um, member, if you're listening, I really like to pick your brains about this. Just this review in particular. Um, but actually, you know, it got me thinking about just how I've, like, we've done way more WWE stuff during this lockdown than we have really in the life of this podcast. Well, yeah. Um, and because they're one of the few games still running. Um, and I generally, you know, I, I, feel, I think I've kind of lent towards the positive side of it. I've been sort of, but at the same time, I'm just like, I can't be bothered with any of it. So it's like, yeah. maybe, maybe what you're saying here, NWO member, is it was a decent wrestling show. It might even be a good wrestling show. But for me right now, four out of ten, I don't want to watch a wrestling show. Yeah. Like, yeah. Maybe that's what they're saying. Yeah. Um, I mean, I yeah. don't know why you've then gone on to cagematch.net and reviewed it. Um, but We've got to anyway. There you go. Yeah. If, if there's anything we know about people in the world, it's that they have to have their opinions heard. He says on a podcast where his opinions will be heard. <laughs> um, but we've tried to stick within our usual love the graps parameters. Yeah. When thinking about this show, um, back to the old school. Yeah. Um, back to the primitive, um, and uh, going for three love the graps and three not my graps. And I mean, are you ready to talk about those, Alan? Yes, I think I am. I've got them written down on a piece of paper in front of me. Have you now? Yeah, because I make notes. You see, Chris, I love our audience. I love them all platonically. Um, I mean, there may be like there may be some hugging uh, when we can finally meet each other again, um, but it'll be clean hugging, hands free, um, just a warm embrace. Um, but I, I love our audience, and I feel that they deserve um, the minimum of prep. Um, and okay. so I always I always do the, the at least the bare minimum of prep. I am glad um, that one of us feels that way. Well, you know, um, you, you do the, the 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 hard bit of um, recording it, chopping the bits out that we, we don't really want people to hear because we're, we're 
talking about them behind their backs. Um, and then uh, pushing the button, uh, pushing the lever yeah, yeah. to upload it to the internet. So, a bit of the back know. end. Yeah. Back end so, you know. Do you know what, mate? We're a team. We're a team. Yeah. We get the job done, don't we? Well, I mean, barely, but. Yeah. Barely, indeed. Um, right, okay. Have I lost you, Alan? No, no, I'm still uh, here. I'm waiting okay. for you to say, right, let's do Love the Brats. <laughs> Sorry. It, it's out there was a so this these are the perils of modern technology um yeah. you, you can't tell whether you're talking to a human or some kind of robot approximation of a human i don't even know for sure that alan is still live no it could be a computer program based on his twitter history that is talking to me right now um I mean, there'd be a lot more live tweeting of 80s cartoons if it was based on my old Twitter history. <laughs> and um, lots of Speedway um, would have would have entered the, the chat. Um, yeah. But but, you know, um, I am still here. Uh, there are times I wish it was uh, an AI um, yeah. doing doing the the, the perfunctory um, tasks that uh, uh, I have to do, such oh, as boy. a podcast with you. Um, we were but promised. No, I, I, I feel like that's what we were promised. Well, we well, were promised jetpacks, man. We were promised that the robots would be doing all the work and we'd have all the leisure time available to us. Instead, they just expect more from us because we've got all these modern technologies that allow us to produce more. Well, what, what, what used to happen, and we'll, we'll get to the podcast in a bit. This is, this is not the <laughs> podcast. This is, this is the preamble to the podcast. Um, what used to happen was we used to have things like called world's fairs and uh, expositions where all the countries of the world would get together and share their vision of what the future would look like. And it, mm. quite often it was ridiculous um, and it would never come to pass. But that was the thing. Whereas now, like, and, and, you know, it's been this way since David Bowie died. I'm blaming David Bowie for this. Um, everyone just looks, looks to the past. Um, to the glory days of rural Britannia. Um, and, you know, we're not alone in this. Um, the rest of the world is, has also gone um, retro uh, glory mad because the world is such a trash fire. Um, but I wish we could have a bit more of that. I wish I want, you know, they talked about a festival of Brexit, which thankfully, due to a global pandemic, which is going to kill millions, um, is not going to happen. Um, you know, there have to be some upsides to these things. Um, I want a festival of what's Britain going to look like in 2050. Do you know what I mean? I think the thing is, like, what we, yeah, we've not only got this, uh, like, regressive, um, backwards, like, you know, um, nostalgic view of what people want the country to be. It's even on the opposite side to that. We're just all obsessed with dystopias now, aren't we? Yeah. It's all like, oh, in the future, um, we're going to have to get a bunch of teenagers to fight to the death so that they can feed their village. Or in the future, uh, we're all going to be living at the foot of giant skyscrapers beyond clouds of smog, um, which pile down acid rain onto our neon lit hovels. Yeah. Or, I, I like the, the way that. You know, when, when we used to do depictions of the future, it used to be kind of shiny silver suits and jetpacks and flying cars. And now it's just like now, but a bit shit. Yeah. 
Yeah. I like that. Something very human about that. Yeah. Yeah. Or like I like um sometimes when they're when it's like just like now, but we've reintroduced some seventies fashion. Yeah. <laughs> like that, that's uh which I guess is exactly the same as what you just said. Hey, phrased differently. Look, the seventies were were a marvelous time. I mean, they weren't. They, like were, just they like, were horrible. Just like now, but with high waisted trousers of men. Yeah, I mean, there's not um, enough brown. Not enough brown in the world. No, no. Um, okay, well, let's talk about NXT in your house. NXT takeover um, in your house. Um, yeah. Okay. Um, full full NXT, titles. Yeah, NXT takeover in your house. Uh, it was a one of their take one of the takeover events. It's like we're going. Oh, it's like NXT, but more so. Um, <laughs> Do you know when I when I first got into NXT, which is it's coming up on six years since I I returned from the island and got back into wrestling. Um, and they they said we were, right we're going to have a takeover. And I think that it was the maybe the second or third takeover was my first takeover. The the four way one um, in the the main event. Where mm. I'm trying to think, Sami Zayn was it? Neville, um, Justin Gabriel, and um, who's the fellow who, who fucked his neck? Married to Natty Neidhart. Tyson Kidd. Yeah, I think I think that was the four. I mean, Jan Buxton will put me right if it wasn't. Um, mm-hmm. And when they were talking about takeover, because then NXT was on like Thursday nights, um, I thought that the takeover meant that they would take over from SmackDown. For that night and that was what an nxt oh, right. takeover was um and i got quite excited about that um and then realized it wasn't but i mean back then takeovers were quite exciting weren't they yeah yeah but, it, but we'll, no. we'll get to that it felt like you were getting extra wrestling yeah like, yeah although um, you weren't were you because like they they generally in the in the older days um you know before david bowie died they uh, they took place on the same night in place of your regular NXT show. Well, except that they would be two hours long rather yeah. than an hour long. Yeah. So, um, NXT TakeOver in your house, the latest edition of the NXT TakeOver um, saga. Um, and um, it's one of these things where they've got a theme and they're trying to... Yeah. Oh... What do we do? What do we do to keep people interested right now in the midst of the apocalypse? I don't know. Just put some kind of theme on it. Well, well shall we? Shall we start with our with our love the grap section? Yeah, yeah. Because yeah. I think I think we touch on that very yeah. early. So love the graps numero uno. That is mm-hmm. Spanish for number one for anybody who's uh, trying to learn a different language during this lockdown. Why not try and learn something new? Um, is uh, I loved the the, the retro set. Um, they they pulled the retro set out of storage. Um, I'd love to go to the place where they keep all this shit. Like for that um for the the Firefly Funhouse thing, they pulled the big fist out, didn't they? That they used to use at yeah. SmackDown. Um, so they must have a warehouse with all this crap in, like well, the yeah, hog They've done bits and pieces like this when they've done like the nostalgia editions of Raw or whatever. Yeah. Um, but like, I think there was, they used to be, they used to do these things on the network where it was like, 
Uh, there'd be like one that was posted by Renee Young and one that was posted by Corey Graves, and there'd right, be like yeah. little short sort of things. Yeah. Um, and there was definitely one where they would go, they would go to the warehouse. Yeah. Like the big WWE warehouse, and they definitely showed like the big SmackDown fist in there. Um, yeah. And they showed some stuff like that. Um, well, for years. Might, if you're interested, go back and find it, Alan. I wouldn't yeah. know how to find it. I can't remember what it was called. No, for years, Triple H was was collecting stuff because he wanted to do a physical WWE museum. Um, and maybe they should do that. I mean, you know, it would have to have a section detailing the, the crimes of the past, as all museums are going to have to going forward. Um, but I'd, I'd like to walk around that. And, and, I mean, I uh, don't know that it would do that. But no, yeah. you know, under law, that's what's going to happen. Um, you know, things are going to change. I'm optimistic, mate. I'm optimistic. I'm, I mean, I'm raising. I'm, genu- I'm genuinely shocked that that doesn't already already exist in Orlando, Florida. Yeah, I mean, it should do. Really, it's kind of maybe when Disney buy WWE, it will do. Um, because I mean, that's like, that's inevitable. But like, even like, you know, like your um. Is it the WWE New York, like the restaurant thing? Oh yeah, the did. diner. Yeah. Yeah, like that. That that's kind of got that um, Planet Hollywood. Yeah, yeah. Um, Hard Rock Cafe vibe to it, and that those are the sort of things where loads of this kind of shit ends up. But yeah. Like in, for those, it's like, oh, it's it's a motorbike driven in Terminator Two, or it's it's some sunglasses worn by Bono. Like, yeah. But. If WWE were to open another restaurant thing, and and they should be doing it at like, I mean, they did it at Times Square, which obviously is a tourist hub, but like yeah. probably prohibitively expensive. Yeah, you do um, it in Florida. Maybe create jobs. A Linda McMahon. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. Maybe do it at like the Universal Boardwalk thing that they have there, which is basically yeah. just outside the theme parks. Um, I tell you, I tell you, who could work there as well. Drake Maverick, because he's desperate for a job. He will, he will sell his dignity um, for a job, and I could see him just being there, bussing tables. I mean, genuinely, send some of them down there. Yeah. Like, you know, they're not all working all the time. Just go. Well, that's what they used to do with WWE New York, wasn't it? It's like. Yeah. I, I remember a pal of mine went to WWE New York and saw the big boss man. Nice. Nice. I mean, we, we now we now know that, that all boss men are bastards. So, you know, it wouldn't be so nice these days, but I can see that. But anyway, I mean, he, he was a, in fairness, like, I, I just want to stand up for the character of the big boss man. Yeah, he was he was a bastard. Like, yeah, he was he was portrayed the way law enforcement should be portrayed. Right, it yeah. was a, there was no romanticizing of the role no. of the big boss man. He ate somebody. He made somebody eat their own dog. Yeah, I mean, there was a time when he was a good guy, um, and it was a particularly difficult storyline because Nails came in, um, and Nails was a, a heel because he was an ex-prisoner um, yeah. who somehow still wore his prison jumpsuit. I mean, if I was him, try and leave things behind, mate. Do you know what I mean? But. Um, he he wore the uh, the prison jumpsuit, and his his beef with the boss man was that the boss man had brutalised him in prison. Um, so you know, yeah, probably not the best storyline to try and portray him as a good guy. But 
I think we all have to accept that there might be a 1% chance that at some point a police officer might have done something positive. Right, okay. Yeah, like, I, used I used to know a good one. Yeah, I mean, yeah, I'm not I mean, saying all of them, and I'm not saying all the time. Well, I mean, like, he, you know, he was, he was good when portray, he was around me. If you're going to portray that, that police officer as bad all the time, you, you, can, you can open up the possibility that he did one good thing. And also, we acknowledge all the bad things. You know, I used to know a good one, um, but <laughs> my 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 skin is white, um, so yeah. you know. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. But anyway, they found the in your house set, and mm-hmm. in the in your house set, they found Todd Pettengill. Um, they did, and yeah, and uh, I really like that because recently the takeovers um, they've become kind of like they're tied to the the pay per views uh, the next day through the the wwe um particularly kind of the big four events aren't they um yeah. and uh, they're just called things like take over brooklyn take over yeah. dallas take over spokane washington um stuff like that you have to put the washington in otherwise people don't know where you're talking about but i like the fact that that this was uh take over in your house i like the fact that they got todd pettengill back to do some jokes about being old and out of touch um that was good it's always nice to see todd pettengill um, he didn't have the mullet. I did miss that uh, quite a bit. Um, but more than anything, the fact that they used the set and because it was a smaller room, the set took up more room than it, it did in like the, the big arenas when they used to run in your house. It looked less like a show in an empty arena and more like a show in a TV studio, which yeah, yeah. kind of made the, the lack of an audience. And there was some audience there. Um, uh, for for want of uh want of trying um it it just made the whole thing seem a little more comfortable um and a a bit less weird um and and perhaps that's where nwo member is coming from about this being the best uh post lockdown show because they felt that vibe yeah yeah i thought it was um interesting that todd pentengill didn't appear on camera with anybody else no, he was uh, he was backstage. Um, he was in a studio somewhere, um, and um, and clearly wasn't like th- those segments were all recorded without any knowledge of what was happening on the rest of the show. Yeah, um, in fact, he I think I, I think at one point he was like, "Wow, that was a great match." Now, next coming up next is our main event, and that was, <laughs> that was like, he didn't comment on who would be in the main event or who had been in the previous match are you saying that that todd pettinger was a cutscene? yeah no i am saying that but i'm also saying i kind of appreciate that yeah kind of like it like just give me that like i think i think that stuff's funny and in fact like using that you you don't even need to do new todd pettinger bits you can just repurpose old that would have been amazing if they'd have just done that if they'd have somehow edited old footage of Todd Penton going and like, you know, tried to like really sort of play it up like it was like, I'm not asking them to do a progress. We're going to invent a bunch of old characters that these people <laughs> can play. But like they could do like a regular show, but just everything between the matches. Just yeah. like just pretend it was filmed like 30 years ago or whatever. Yeah. Like. I it think could that'd have be hilarious. Sean Mooney, he could be there. Coach's mailbag, 
Well, there was, you know, there was um, handsome Doc Hendricks got yeah. um, a shout out and a little cameo by by means of a picture on the wall. Um, yeah. I mean, you can I, even use you can even use dead people. Yeah. Well, I mean, they had, you know, they would they were playing on the old, um, oh, what's his name, uh, doing the this promotional consideration paid for by the following. Who's that guy? Uh, I have no idea, mate. English, English guy. Lord Alfred uh, Hayes? Yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right, yeah. So that was... Yeah, and there were loads of little references like that that, um, that were cute. I couldn't yeah. work out whether the the sandwich thing that they were advertising was a genuine product or whether it was a joke that they'd made up because there was another thing that they'd done an advert for that was a joke. Right. Which just slipped my mind now. But they kept they, they kept doing this thing where it's like, oh, good humour sandwich cookies. And, like, the adverts were really shit. Yeah. But then also I was like, is that actually a thing? Yeah. I think they probably oh, were a joke. But i tell you who is doing cookies. GCW. Uh, they're, they're doing special cookies that have a little bit of GCW in them, if you know what I mean. Uh, no, I don't uh, want that. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, it, it would... A little yeah, bit of Zandig in every cookie. It would depend which GCW person was in it, really, wouldn't it? I mean, you don't want the Schlack cookie, or like you don't want the Marcus Crane cookie. I don't want a cookie with any of them in it. <laughs> what do you say about Effie? Effie's cookie would be beautiful. There's not a single person involved with GCW that I would like some of their remnants in a cookie yeah. because so anyway even if <laughs> yes anyway yeah <laughs> they don't ship internationally though sadly so, uh, oh what a shame I'm not going to be able to sample any of the uh, the, the GCW-ness of those cookies uh, until they come back over in the new year because they've had to postpone their shows later this year but such is the reality of the post-David Bowie world. Um, so, yeah, they brought back the set. They brought back Todd Pettengill. And um, I hope nobody else is triggered by Chris calling him Todd Pentingill. Um, it is Todd Pettengill, Chris. Whatever. Yeah. Um, and I, I really appreciate that. And I would like to see more of it. They've got this intellectual property. Um, everyone loves a bit of hokey shit. Just start using it. Can I just say, and I'll, I'll call back to this later on, I don't know how you can expect me to get somebody's surname correct when it is more than two syllables long. <laughs> I mean, that is true. We, we both have one syllable names, um, mm-hmm. you know, the, the best kind. Um, I, I push the boat out a little bit with my first name um, having two syllables, um, although well, I could I could do what I you did. And, well, yeah, but you only use one, don't you? That's true, yeah. Um, whereas I hate ow ow it's terrible isn't it ow mm. you know fucking paul simon standing bastard um so yeah so start using this retro property more and then maybe i'll tune in and a half-hearted two-day watch I mean, of your two-hour i will say if, I, if i'm gonna like if i'm gonna sort of pick it to pieces i don't know that like beyond going we're doing a funny nostalgia thing in your house isn't a, a brand that like means that the shows are 
any different to any other show. Like, well, Honor no. House was always, this is a cheap uh, pay-per-view that we're only going to give you a couple of hours of. Um, and, you know, you'll get some good action, but don't expect anything important to happen because it's not yeah. one of the big ones. Yeah, I, I used to quite like the way that they were they were named for whatever the kind of main feud was, though. So yeah, like they, sure. they were themed around that. So it made it seem like, you know, um, this regularly scheduled pay-per-view uh, is only happening because Brett the Hitman Hart and his Canadian mates hate America. Yeah. You know? Uh, but yeah, just, I guess my point is, like, I mean, we've just decried, like, the need to look back to nostalgia for well i guess yeah. um and <laughs> now we're saying what we want in our wrestling like people are complicated i'm a terrible terrible uh hypocrite and uh i shouldn't be allowed anywhere near anything yeah anyway moving on love the cramps yeah. number two um can you actually sorry just real quickly because i've got your note for this second one can you right. not use the phrase that you've written down okay I mean, I don't I mean, you I, can say it. You're going to have to say it now. Um, <laughs> Look, I wrote down just as a way of reminding me that this was a, a show where I got to see some old friends who, who I'd previously thought had died um, and mm. had, had, had passed on to, to a, a worse place, if, I, if I'm honest. Um, yeah, I wrote down Foxy Noxy. There's no shame in that. Yeah. I mean, this is just. It. I mean, I'm, I'm gonna I'm gonna give Alan a pass because he, this is how he refers to anybody with um, the ox syllable in their name. Um, Foxy Moxie. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it was it was an absolute pleasure to see Tegan Knox. Yeah. Nay. Um, uh, nay, Steph. Like, yes. Nixon, Nixon Newell. Yeah. Um, Steph Newell, Nixon Newell. Um, it was good to see her. It's, I mean, we have seen her on Takeover before. Um, and I don't think was, I have. I think this is the first the, time. Um, was it a War Games? Was the War Games one? Yeah, I don't in? know if I watched that. Did you not watch that? No, this um, might be the first Takeover that I've watched for two years okay since that one where it had the insane six-man ladder match before wrestlemania the other year right um, um yeah but yeah this was kind of i mean it was it was a perfectly fine um six-person tag match yeah um but like yeah kind of just a bit it was there um, yeah but i mean bins consequential but yeah the highlight really is seeing Nixon Yule on on the yeah. end and it's and it's not just Nixon Yule um you know because when I when I see Nixon Yule it is always sort of tinged with a bit of sadness because although you know as always I'm happy for the boys earning the money and and let's face it even Florida is better than here at the moment um so she's living out in Florida she's having the time of her life but British wrestling has been really good for the past three or four years and she's missed it. And that's not sad for her, but it's sad for me because um, I've missed seeing her at a lot of fun places. 
um, since she she upped and left for the States. So it is always tinged with a bit of sadness. But it was nice to see her. She looked good. Uh, that knee brace is a bit scary. Um, but I noticed that's, that's a thing at the moment. One of the uh, one of FTR uh, has a similar knee brace um, on AEW. Uh, but it was nice to see her. It was nice to see Shotzi Blackheart. Um, again, a more recent kind of departure uh, to the dark side. Um, I didn't even weird, know she'd been signed. I'm on it. Yeah, weird, weirdly not doing that bit where she talked about her cock. Um, now yeah. she's on, on NXT. Um, you know, I'm missing that a little bit. Um, nice to see Candice LeRae, um, although... Um, and this is something I'll talk about later. She, Candice LeRae is not a heel. Um, don't try and make her a heel. Um, He's bad now. Uh, yeah. Um, and it was lovely to see uh, Keith Lee as well. Um, you know, the only the only thing I've seen from Keith Lee uh, in the last couple of years was his uh, performance in the main event, um, the <laughs> WWE Netflix co-production. Um, when he was, of course, wonderful. Um, and it was really nice to see him, um, even if his match was a bit weird. Um, because, again, uh, Johnny Gagano, not really a heel. Um, but, yeah, seeing old friends was always nice. Um, and it's um, kind of lessened a little bit by watching them on a behind-closed-doors NXT show rather than tuning into some random Raw or SmackDown um, to see them there. Yeah. Yeah, I agree with all of that. Um, yeah. I mean, I, you know, I, I want Keith Lee and Tegan Knox, two of my very favourites, um, and I want all success for them. Um, I mean, surely it's only a matter of time before they do something big with Keith Lee. It feels like it feels like there's enough behind him, like people seem to be behind him. Well, I mean, I people are always know. behind him because he's so big. That's what? That's a, that was a dad joke. Yeah, but that, that is, that doesn't it? Dad jokes at least have their own internal logic. Yeah. People I'll, aren't behind I'll work it people because I'll work it out. Get back, get back to me. I'll work it out. Okay. Um, you know, obviously, Egan Knox has had a lot of injuries. And I really yeah. hope that we're past that because, I mean, she... she she got the win. She got the pin in this she match. Did. And then, she... yeah, I know it's only opening six-man tag action, but, you know, it's not nothing, particularly when you've got, like, you know, Shotzi Blackheart, who they could easily go, let's get behind her instead. She's new. Um, yeah. And, and do you know what? She's, she's still great. Um, yeah. She, she, was, she was one of the best in Britrest when she left. Um, and she's she's still got that and I wish nothing but the best for her but I also um, would like to see her back at some point so maybe when you get a bit fed up of not getting called up to the main roster because you haven't got what they're looking for um, you know perhaps she should um, make her hair really long that seems to be the thing doesn't it having really long hair I mean I know everyone's got really really long hair at the moment because it's locked down um, but having unnaturally long hair is a WWE thing. And, and perhaps and, until she has unnaturally long hair to the point that it's aesthetically displeasing, um, <laughs> then she's not going to get anywhere. So, you know. Yeah, but well, lot, um, yeah. Good luck to her. she has to do that. If you've got to do it, you've got to do what you've got to do. So yeah. Do that. Yeah. But alongside that, there were also, I mean, there were some people who I, I like Killer Cross. 
I liked Killer Cross. He's not Killer Cross anymore. I've dead named him. I shouldn't have done that. Um, you know, he's a he's a big lunking muscle head, but he, he adds something. I couldn't give a shit about Carrion Cross. Scarlet Bordeaux should not be boring, but Scarlet Bordeaux was boring on this show. Um, Punishment Martinez. Was that his name? Or Punisher Martinez? Punishment Martinez. Yeah. Uh, he's now Damien Priest. And who in the blue hell is Dexter Loomis? I had to look him up. Apparently, it's some bloke who was in TNA. So it's like, it's nice to see these old friends. But who are these other schlubs that they've, they've got in taking up valuable time as well? Well, yeah, I mean, we can maybe talk about this a little bit later on. But not, <coughs> I don't find... I take inspiration from any of these people they've got sort of coming in at the moment. Um, let's talk about it later. I, yeah. I can touch on this later. It's fine. Okay. Um, let's move on to Love the Graps, number three. Mm. And I will say that's the intention behind the backlot brawl. In that I, and we'll, we'll get into a little discussion about this term in a minute. I, I'm a big fan of the cinematic wrestling. Um, I liked the way that it was kind of set up. Um, it would seem to be in some kind of hotel car park. Um, hopefully um, everyone in the hotel who, who had eyes on the match was over 18 because the last thing we want is uh, underage people seeing images of Patrick Clark um, come up on their screens. Um, mm-hmm. uh, I liked the idea of it, that it was some kind of fight club type thing. Um, and it was another attempt to to do something a little bit different, which is sorely needed in these lockdown times. Yeah, yeah. Uh, like I, I will, I will concede that it's an attempt to do something different, and you know, it's a fun way of presenting it. Um, think maybe we need to go to our not my graps though to really discuss it uh. <laughs> yeah so well we'll link the two so the the first not my graps um is the the execution of the the backlot brawl um because it the the intention behind it and the concept was was really good um and i like the idea that these two people hate each other so much that the only way um, their feud can be settled is by going off the property um, in a, a kind of a makeshift arena surrounded by their, their peers in cars, um, revving engines and beeping horns. That's, that's kind of cool. But yeah, the, the execution of it left something to be desired. Yeah, well, first things first, there were bits of it that I just couldn't see. Yeah. It's like that episode of Game of Thrones that everybody went on about for ages and ages that was so dark you couldn't see anything that had happened on the battlefield. Like, there were parts of this where they're obviously gone, well, we're going to light it using the headlights of the cars. But they weren't just They they had lights set up. But there were bits where they just went into corners of this back lot, which I'm not sure what... Do we know where it was filmed? I mean, I say, it looked for all the world like either the the car park of an apartment complex or the car park of a, of a motel um there were like two-story buildings kind of surrounding it um so i guess it could also be like a car park of like a an office bit on an industrial estate do they have industrial estates in in america um, i don't know um, um 
Like Moulton Park, filmed in a car park at Moulton Park. They're yeah, yeah. The, the Northampton people there. Yeah. Um, okay, but like, you know, yeah, they were just like where they went to corners of it that just been so poorly lit that I yeah. couldn't really make out what was happening. Um, which, you know, when you're doing something that, you, that some of us seem intent on labelling cinematic wrestling and something that's been edited after the fact, like, that's kind of not acceptable to me like for there to be parts of it that we can't see yeah like just if if they go into a bit that you can't see you've got to go right cut we just got to get them back into the section where we can see them yeah put just a bit more call, light on just, that just call cut yeah like, what are you messing about for like let's not pretend like this is an athletic contest like let's you know film it if you're gonna go cinematic wrestling you've got to go all the way with it yeah. And actually go, well, nothing can go wrong in this because we're filming it ahead of the fact. We're going to edit the fuck out of this to make it look great. Um, and maybe this one less than some of the others that they've done because, you know, this wasn't, this wasn't like a multi-location shoot. Like they were presenting it as if this was a arena. Yeah. I was happening in. But yeah, I just think like don't go half assed with this. You gotta go all the way. If you're gonna try and do something different, go all the way with it and make yeah. it look really good. There were also some bits which I, I thought missed in a, a, a kind of storytelling way. Is you know we mentioned Dexter Loomis. Who the hell's Dexter Loomis? Um, he came from under the ring to uh, attack the members of the Undisputed Era. Why? What was he under the ring the entire time? Well, did he get, I mean, out, did he get out of the car the other side and crawl under the ring? Why didn't he just get I mean, out of the car and, and attack the Undisputed Era? Has, the implication has Patrick Clark issues, right? He's yeah, got yeah. issues with the Undisputed Era, right? Yeah, so don't hide under the ring for hours on the off chance that they might turn up. You know what I mean? It's like, are we are we supposed to believe that Velveteen Dream, and this may tie into Not My Graps number two, um, is so hated by his peers that nobody thought to get out of their car well, yeah. and even even things up. I um, mean, this is so this is the this is the problem that that they've got. And it's a problem for me with AEW. I might have touched on it before when we talked about yeah. AEW. But when you've got all of the other wrestlers at ringside, yeah, if somebody is doing something particularly nefarious. You've got, why aren't you stepping in? Yeah. Like, like, and obviously WWE don't know how they want to present the Undisputed Era at the best of times. Like, are they good guys? Are they bad guys? Depends what day of the week it is and where the wind's blowing. Yeah. Um, but if you want us to believe they're bad guys, then you've got to go, oh yeah, the rest of these people are upset at their actions and they're going to get involved to stop them from getting, you know, an unfair advantage. Otherwise, yeah. otherwise everybody else looks like an idiot. I mean, the, the argument could be that, you know, baby faces abide by the rules. Um, but that's bullshit, you know, in, in the modern era. Um, I mean, AW this week, the, there was an example of, of, of this in good and bad. Um, in good, there was a, a tag team stramash in the ring. Um, between uh, the Young Bucks, FTR, Butcher and the Blade. And then because they're also kind of uh, in vying for the tag team titles at the moment, 
Kit Sabian and Jimmy Havoc jumped the barrier from where they were standing and got involved. And it's like, yeah, that would that would make sense. You know what I mean? But then they yeah. also had a segment where the inner circle were beating up Orange Cassidy, um, hitting him with a bag of oranges over and over again because they don't leave a bruise, you see. They don't leave a bruise. Um, but none of Orange Cassidy's mates um, jumped the, the rails to help him out. Pineapple Pete didn't jump the rails to help him out. Do you know what I mean? And he's got, he shares a fruit in his name. Um, yeah. So, yeah, it's it's that. But let's move on to, to a little discussion. And this could be a whole podcast of its own, and maybe it will one day, about the, the concept and the, the, the term cinematic wrestling. Because you're not alone. Uh, in this because I know other people share but you don't like the term I mean I my first instinct is that it kind of makes my skin crawl a little bit yeah because I think it's I think it's the level of pretension that I'm not ready to apply to professional wrestling like, yeah I think wrestling can be anything I just don't think that anybody producing wrestling has got the nouse about them to produce anything worthy of the name cinematic wrestling. No. I'm like, I, I just, it's just a problem of execution. It's like I've talked about with a lot of the WWE stuff recently, where it's like, yeah, this could be funny if they had somebody funny producing it. Yeah. Um, well, this could look really good if they had somebody who had shot anything but wrestling for the past six years producing it. Like, yeah. it's, it's like, you're getting people who are used to pointing a camera at the ring and shaking it when somebody hits the ground to try and film and produce something that is going to look like other. Yeah. And I think it it fails. Yeah, I take all that on board, but I do think that we need a term for this. Um, It's it's not going to go away. I mean, it's been around for a little while, but it's obviously it's come more to the forefront since uh, the the big two, um, as, Sorry, they, as they are but, now. Can, OK, can I just you're saying it's been around for a little while. Yeah. In in what form? Well, I mean, like if we think back to the the original backlot brawl, um, that was uh, kind of cinematic wrestling mm-hmm. in the terms of the, the way it is now. Um, the. Uh, the Jerry Lawler, um, Bill Dundee, empty arena, um, the, you know, the concession stand brawl, um, that, that fills the thing. Uh, in Antonio Inoki and uh, Masa Saito fighting on an island uh, in the Pacific. And more recently, um, DDT uh, have, have done a lot of this stuff. Um, I, so, I don't know. Yeah, but I don't know. Then I think the problem here is the phrase cinematic wrestling. Cause what yeah. you're kind of describing for the most part there is wrestling outside the confines of a traditional wrestling arena. Like I, and and not necessarily cinematic rest like to me, yeah. cinematic means we are using the conventions of cinema or we are telling a story which is in, in a different way to how we would normally do it in a wrestling match. Yeah. but i mean and for the if, most part it's just like we're doing some jokes that are kind of outside of wrestling like even like the ddt stuff like a lot of the time it's like well okay we're wrestling in a unusual location so our wrestling is location specific but it doesn't necessarily mean that the presentation is different it means we're just shooting it in a different place yeah um, but i mean lucha underground 
was largely um, the the vast majority of it was a wrestling show in a you know an unusual slightly unusual place but you you could look at it as being an ordinary wrestling arena with fans um, matches inside a ring but I would say from the minute the the the, the credits the opening credits roll to the the when the the ending credits roll that whole program could be considered what we now call um cinematic wrestling um and i mean maybe i mean we do need a term because it is a different thing i've i've long said that wrestling isn't a, a genre um wrestling is a medium and you can tell different stories through the medium of wrestling. So as you have on TV, you have a sitcom and you have uh, a drama um, and a period drama and different things. You can do that in wrestling. You could you could have. And in fact, some like the uh, Marion Fontaine runs the old wrestling where it's it, everyone pretends that everything is like it was in the 1920s. That's kind of like wrestling's equivalent of a period drama in a way. Um, and um uh, you know, a Chikara is is a kind of family friendly type thing. So you do have different things within um, the medium, but we do need a term to describe this this edited wrestling um, that is distinct. And I, I agree, cinematic wrestling isn't a great term. Uh, and believe me, I've tried to to come up um, with a, a word that kind of means the same thing, um, but begins with an R or a grr for graps. Um, and uh, it's it's beyond me at the moment. Um, but I mean, basically, a simple definition of it would be the matches that Dave Meltzer doesn't give a star rating to because he won't give a star rating to these matches because they're edited um, and therefore he doesn't consider them kind of like a traditional oh, wrestling oh, contest. Oh. Um, so, what you know, yeah, you've got that. It's kind of like, what, what are we going to call these things? And I don't know if you saw, did you see... Um, the the recent DDT Peter Pan uh, they did two matches on day one of that um, that no, would I fall under this it, um, and it, again I had a discussion with Jake Chris about this in the week um, about whether um, we accept DDT's efforts a little more because it's hard to tell if people acting in a foreign language are are, are acting badly um, whereas w- we know that the the likes of uh, Kenny Omega and the Young Bucks when they try and do comedy it's it's generally not funny uh, because they're terrible actors but we can't really tell whether Super Sasa Dango Machine or Dan Shokudino are, are bad actors because of the, the language barrier but they did a couple mm-hmm. on there they did one um, Super Sasa Dango Machine apparently owns a factory now um, and uh, they did a bit where uh, Pocatan the uh, the mascot went for a job at um, yeah. Super Sasa Dango's factory and ended up having to fight this uh this young lady who's now part of Super Sasango's new promotion, the Nigata Joshi Pro Wrestling, NJPW. Um, he's just picking up those initials. No one else is using them. Um, and then they did a match where uh, Takeshita for Yoshihiko um, uh, all over a, a park and then on top of a building. Um, and th- they're very good at it. Um, and and I, I do feel that we, we need some kind of term. Um, so if we've got anybody listening who can come up with a term, we're I'm I'm saying this I we're mean, I'm, whatever, call it call it cinematic wrestling if you want. But it is no, gonna make I mean, my you're skin, right. Yeah, cinematic it's wrestling does skin crawl every it time. It sounds I hear bad. It. Because because what you have to do, the minute you bring up cinematic wrestling, you have to immediately give it that kind of 
that uh, preamble of, of, well, obviously this is not made by people who make cinema. Um, <laughs> and you don't want that qualifier. So you just need a, a slightly different term. So uh, Love the Graps Brains Trust, get to it. Uh, get yeah, on, get on the, uh, the Facebook somebody, group and come up with something come up different. With something. Yeah. Okay. Let's, let's let's do another. Not my graphs. Um, okay. Before we end up taking forever over this bloody podcast. <laughs> <laughs> okay. So, um, go on. Go for it. Not my graphs. Number two. Um, these people are not baby faces. These people are not heels. Um, obviously, we're not regular watchers of of any WWE and and not even NXT. Do you know what, Chris? I'm not even watching NXT UK. I mean, you're not. No. You've given up on it. Yeah. <laughs> you've been sticking with that since day one. I can't I believe know. you've given up on that. Do you know, as, a, as an aside, there was a weird thing in the week where uh, Penelope Ford used a move on AEW Dynamite um, and Zaya Brookside went off uh, a little bit, maybe tongue in cheek, maybe not. I don't know. And it, it got blown out of huge proportion. And I feel sorry for it. Um, with the end result but she went off about um, Penelope Ford stealing her move um, and about you know if if you know that somebody else does that move then it's kind of courtesy to ask it's like how would anyone know what move Zaya Brookside does because <laughs> if she does any moves at all she does on NXT UK which nobody watches yeah there was a fun um, little uh, reference I don't know whether you picked up on it in the opening six um, six man tag on this show, um, when Tegan Knox did a cannonball in the corner, um, a tribute to her trainer. Um, All right. Uh, whoever the commentator was, Mauro Ronaldo or Tom Phillips. Right. Okay. Uh, yeah. Um, that's a, a NXT UK superstar, the Wild Boar. Right. Okay. You know, do you remember him? Yeah. Yeah, I do. I do. I saw a picture of him the other day that someone put a, a match graphic up from NXT UK and it was basically six of the same man. Um, and the only <laughs> one who was who was slightly recognisable was Wild Boar um, because he's got them weird eyes. And he, um, yeah, yeah. But yeah, it was just like, oh, there's a, a bearded man. Right. Yeah. Yeah. A beefy um, bearded man. But yeah, um, so these people are not baby faces. These people are not heels. The show was littered with people who, to, at least to someone coming straight in, were were completely miscast in their roles. Um, in the opening match, Candice LeRae uh, is not a heel. There is nothing unlikable about Candice LeRae at all. Obviously, I haven't seen what she's been up to. Apparently, she's been fussing and a feuding with uh, Mia Yim and Keith Lee. Um, I, I, I wasn't quite sure if Mia Yim and Keith Lee are an on-screen couple. Uh, or if they're, they're uh, you know, just one, a platonic couple, um, you know, perhaps just men and women can be friends. So perhaps Keith Lee and Mia Yim are I on screen pals. I don't know that they're supposed to have any association other than they are feuding with Johnny Gargano and Candice LeRae. Well, no, but, I mean, the, there was a shot in, in kind of like the, you know, previously on um, where it was them sat at a, a table together. Yeah, in, but, in some that kind was of, them, but yeah. that was them mocking the Johnny Gargano, Candice LeRae stuff. Because oh, they, right. they had been doing them sat at a dinner table, right? That was... Anyway, doesn't I don't really know. It's, matter. It's, it's hard to tell on, on 16 speed. Um, so, yeah, you've got Candice LeRae and then you've got um, Johnny Gargano, uh, who, again, is, is not a heel. And certainly, I mean, 
this is going to sound a little bit hypocritical because I'm a very big proponent of intergender wrestling. And I argue that uh, it's just two human beings, occasionally of different sizes. And one of the things that I bring up is that it is no more ridiculous for a woman to fight a professional wrestler than Spud uh, to fight a professional wrestler or... (laughs) Uh, or, you know, Jack Gallagher um, is another smaller human being to fight uh, a larger professional wrestler. But I just had a real hard time believing that Johnny Gagano, who's a lovely fella, great wrestler, um, was any kind of naughty threat. Um, and that's, I like that term, naughty threat. Are you a naughty threat? I'm a naughty threat um, to the giant, hulking, lovely man, Keith Lee. Um, and, th- and then it continued on uh, and, and maybe sort of switched around um, in that you, you had in the, the cinematic wrestling match, Chris. Um, Adam Cole, is he a heel? Is he a baby face? I don't know. They haven't really decided that. But he was against Velveteen Dream, who quite aside what has been going on in his private life. And that, that just fell apart, uh, fell away. So I don't know what's happening with that. Um, in his last feud, apparently... He was taunting Roderick Strong by saying he was going to take away his children and make love to his wife. And like that's wow. not that's not a babyface thing. And just the whole thing about Velveteen Dream is not um, a traditional babyface thing. So it, it's sometimes I want. I mean, the world isn't black and white, Chris. The world is, is endless shades of grey. But sometimes not only do I want black and white, but I want the right people to be black and the right people to be white in terms of good and evil. Yeah, I, and I think, I mean, it's, you know, I touched on it with the old um, Undisputed Era. Yeah. I think, like, NXT have got a real problem with presenting heels and faces generally anyway. And I think it's compounded even by, like, the type of people that they're bringing in at the moment because they're all kind of being presented similarly like yeah i mean haven't been watching it but like if, if you uh, you've got carrie and cross you've got damien priest and if you decided to put scarlet with damien priest i wouldn't know that they hadn't been like as a team yeah already like like they're just like oh it's guys who dress in black and are angry all the time and then you've got dexter Fletcher or whatever his name was coming out from under the ring yeah he's got a slightly different look but again he's another guy wearing dark clothes who seems angry all the time you've got Tommaso Tommaso Ciampa who's another guy who wears dark clothes and is angry all the time Um, well that that was another one like Tommaso Ciampa I, I don't watch NXT but I kind of keep half an eye on what's going on with it wasn't he just a dastardly heel wasn't he doing yeah, some really bad, despicable but, things? But no, now, really oh, bad, but then now he's, he's had injuries, now he's good. So yeah. He's bad, but he's had injuries, so people are sympathetic towards him. Like, no, I'm not. And I'm also not. Finn Balor as well. Finn Balor was a bad guy five minutes ago, as far as I'm aware. Like he came down to NXT, turned into a bad guy, and now he's a good guy against Damian Priest, I think. Finn Balor. Now, admittedly, the man's making a living, but. Do you remember when Finn Balor was the first Universal Champion when they invented that belt? Yeah. And now, I mean, and now he's was, he's second on, you know, one after the opener on a an I mean, in your house he struck, takeover. He was struck with some bad luck, like 
you know, he got a pretty nasty injury immediately after getting that belt. So, you know, but yeah, kind of yeah. a forgotten man. Well, I think just that... muddled up. He just got muddled up with, like, well, because there's this, sorry, just to harp on Finn Balor a little bit. There's this insistence that they want to own somehow piece of the Bullet Club thing. And that's the thing with Finn Balor is like there's just this insistence that they are going to somehow wheeze a little bit of that Bullet Club juice out of Finn Balor. Yeah. Even though it's like, just forget about it. Just forget about it. Stop, call, stop putting prints up there on the, on the entrance video. Stop referring to his stuff as the Balor Club. Like, it, it, you just distract him from character that you now own. Like, you're Lesson. trying to get people to remember something that none of them watched. Like, the WWE audience doesn't give a shit about the Bullet Club. No. Stop, stop. I mean, obviously, they've been released now, but stop putting Gallows and Anderson, like, alongside AJ or... Um, Finn to try and recreate some approximation of the Bullet Club. Like, yeah. Just like, because you're never gonna, you're never gonna pull the trigger on a proper, like dominant, stable, like, like no. So like, stop, stop like doing these vague allusions to it. Yeah. Like, well, I mean, all this kind of brings us to the third, um, not my graps. Um, and Finn Balor's kind of wrapped up in this because he appeared on some very good early takeovers. But whatever happened to TakeOver? TakeOver used to be the show where there wasn't a single match below four stars on the, the, the kind of the, the accepted rating. Um, I don't think there was a single match on this card that was above three, three and a half, um, if you're going to rate them um, in, in that kind of way. It's like how the mighty have fallen. And I, I saw something because um, it was uh, the anniversary of Dusty Rhodes' death this week. And the, when I first got into um, NXT, uh, before David Bowie died, uh, when the world was a, a much more simple place. And Can I just w- really quickly apologise to all our listeners who have listened to Alan pronounce David Bowie's name as David Bowie throughout this podcast. Zowie Bowie, just mate. Just want to um, just want to put that apology out there. Called his kid Zowie. Yeah, Zowie Bowie. That don't work for me. Um, so yeah, um, so back in the day when we could uh, sweep uh, Vince's crimes under the carpet and and swallow things and, and watch this this stuff, um, NXT was markedly different to uh, Raw and SmackDown uh, in mm-hmm. that it resembled uh, an old territorial. Um, era TV show um, and that probably had a lot to do with Dusty Rhodes being there being one of the, the movers and shakers behind the show um, and then you know we did have um, those stark goodies and baddies um, because that was that's the your territorial era wrestling um, and then it got into that point where it was uh, just pulling in all the top indie guys um, they, they gave up on trying to produce their own talent um and tried to make a super indie um which again you know it had its its uh, positives in that you did get these takeovers with these uh like great matches uh time and time again and then now it, it's it's trying to become a, another brand um but there's it seems there's very little on nxt 
that is different to what happens on Raw and SmackDown to the well, point where, where you can get the likes of Finn Balor coming down and the likes of Charlotte Flair doing double duty on both brands with it not looking too odd. Well, I feel like the sort of um, the way that like their signing policies over the past few years have left them in a bit of a uh, painted themselves into a bit of a corner now because that basically everybody who's interested in on the independent scene is getting snapped up straight away yeah. by either you know WWE NXT or by um, AEW. Yeah. And what we're sort of left with is them looking to the indies and going, who are the big guys? And I think like that's really evident on this particular show. Like this is a, this is us kind of coming to NXT with new eyes. So we're not watching the weekly TV. But if I'm turning on NXT and I'm seeing Damian Priest, Karrion Cross, and Dexter Fletcher, my first instinct is, oh cool, they've snapped up the big guys from the Indies then. Yeah. Like it, it's you know that there, there, there aren't the workhorses. Uh, still around. There's no Johnny Gargano's left on the indie scene. Like, well, I mean, there are, um, but they're just well, they're just not going to get picked up. But who are they? Who are the top? Who are the top indie guys that aren't signed now? Well, I mean, I mean, signs a weird thing because you've also still got the existence of of Impact who are signing people and ROH who are signing people, and they they've got a few people there. And now AEW are, are picking people up. But there are, um, I mean, perhaps not with the longevity of uh, a Johnny Gargano, but there there are some independent stars out there um, that that could do a job um, and would have done a job in the past. Um, the likes of, of Effie, I'll, I'll bring up Effie from, from GCW. He's got a really a unique look, uh, an unusual gimmick. Um, Dan Housen, uh, again, uh, yeah, unique but I just, look. I, yeah, but I, I think if you're, if you're talking about um, the period of NXT where you could be guaranteed that you're going to get like eight or to five star match oh, yeah. every single time. We just like, I mean, they've got people sat in NXT UK that, I mean, they've got people sat in NXT UK that have had matches that have been voted the NXT match of the year yeah. who are not being used on NXT. Like, yeah. Like, it's absolutely shocking to me that, like, that they have completely annexed a whole portion of the international wrestling scene that in such a way that they've like negated the impact of it and they're not pulling on that to make NXT a more interesting show to make WWE like TV more interesting they're just kind of there aren't they and yeah all those all those you know I mean and not everybody is a WWE superstar I'm sorry to the NXT UK roster not everybody on that roster is a superstar <laughs> having said that there are people there who are genuine like standouts who were like who are ha- who are having great matches on the independency who have had great matches on WWE TV who are just forgotten yeah yeah i, I 100% agree with you um, and those people are coming but no they they're going for dark and gritty big fellas um, and I, I feel going forward i mean this may just be a blip 
Um, I haven't watched recent takeovers. Yeah. I couldn't tell you the quality um, of recent takeovers. But watching this as a takeover for the first time in two years is a stark fall uh, in the quality of of the the not not only the roster um, and the way that the roster is used, but the match quality, which always used to be the thing. It used to be the match quality. I mean, if we're talking like the the best match on the card, um, it probably was the um, the main event in a way because it was the only one that seemed to matter. Um, but even that was sloppy as shit. Uh, how Ripple H didn't have her head taken off uh, on a number of occasions in that match, I, I have no idea. Um, mm-hmm. But, you know, I'm, I'm just not used to this in my takeover. So, yeah, whatever happened to takeover? Whatever happened to takeover? Yeah. I mean, I used to be a big NXT fan. I, I've got six NXT T-shirts, Chris. That's a lot. Yeah. Uh, I've got a, a Hype Bros t-shirt um i've got uh, a Sami Zayn t-shirt i've got a kevin owens t-shirt um i've got uh what's the other one i've got there's one other that i can't remember and i've got two uh enzo and cast t-shirts can't wear them anymore that's been known um but yeah i used to be a big fan um and it's just perhaps perhaps it's not for me anymore it's not my team anymore um and perhaps if, if this was my team um, because AEW is kind of my team now. Um, I might look at the the three star matches, the two and a half star matches on this show, and add a add a star on <clears throat> because it's my team and they're my guys. Do you know what I mean? So there is always that to consider. Yeah, but I'd be in, interested to hear from people who who have stayed loyal to the brand um, how they feel that this represents NXT at the moment. Um, sort of what seven years into its existence yeah absolutely like there there must be some fans on the on the, the podcast audience there must be some fans on our facebook group i'd really like to hear what it is that about nxt right now that keeps them watching yeah. because i mean i'm not inspired by this this show um i'm not inspired by the new Faces debuting, um, and but, I'm not I'm not inspired by the telegraph in the title change in the main event by in the back brawl no. on earlier in the show. But that's that's a whole yeah. other. But you know, um, it was it was okay. It was an okay show. There was nothing bad on it, uh, and yeah. and it was okay. But as we say, takeovers are usually supposed to be better than that. But the good thing is, Chris. Proper mm. wrestling's coming back. Um, yes. Different ways. Um, one that you'll be more happy about and one that I'll be more happy about. But I think we can all be happy about um, both of them in, and uh, the, the concept of things returning slightly to normal. Yeah. Yeah. So next week we've got the New Japan Cup kicking off. Gabriel Kidd. Yeah. A lot of fun names, a um, lot of fun matchups in that first round. So yeah. maybe we'll get together and talk about that um, when that when that's sort of gets underway. Yeah, because uh, I'm not, you know, I don't normally, I don't always follow the New Japan Cup. Like, it, you know, it tends to be an easy, easy enough watch. But like, I mean, I st- I always struggle with the G1 if I'm honest. Yeah, like, I, I did quite well like this time round, like last time round, but like. 
there there have been numerous years where I've had to like start watching it, get really excited, and then come back and watch the last couple of shows. Yeah, because uh, I can't keep up. Yeah, but the new but, Japan Cup should be fine. Also, I'm at home, so I can just put it on when it's on yeah. live. So I'll be doing that. Yeah, um, but it'd be nice to see Okada Gado. That's a first round match. Uh, Toriyano oh, yeah. against Jado. That's uh, another yeah. first round match. Suzuki Yuji uh, Nagata is. Yeah. yeah. That's what. And I'm the dad's about. fighting. I'm yeah, all about yeah, it's going to be fun. And then uh, GCW are back, which is going to be interesting because they, they're the first kind of big indie to come back. And they're doing their first show in an open air amphitheater um, with social distancing in place. So it'll be interesting to see how that works. And that might be kind of a blueprint for other people um, to, to start coming back. It'll be back. interesting and, to see how that works with people who are drinking. Yes, yeah, um, and people who, I mean, Nick Gage's entrance um, uh, is, social distancing is, is not compatible with it. So it'd be weird how that works, but I'm sure they'll find somewhere doing it. And hopefully the GCW fans will um, sort of enter into the spirit of things and, and keep their distance. And then they're back with their, their backyard wrestling. Um, so for me, um, you know, New Japan is going to be fun, but the highlight of the next few weeks is going to be uh, GCW returning, especially with the Backyard Wrestling, which was one of the stupidest and most fun shows of last year. A man shot himself in the face with fireworks, Chris. That's stupid. Yeah. Yeah. And we all Why knew it was coming. That? It, Why would he do that? It just, he had them the wrong way. He had them the wrong way around. Oh, what yeah. an idiot. So, yeah, so perhaps we'll do some pods about those coming up. Um, sorry it's been a couple of weeks since the last pod, but, you know, it's the world, isn't it? You know, stuff's going on. Yeah. Stuff's going on. We try, we try. Try our bloody best. Give us a break. Give us a break. Yeah. You got anything to recommend people sort of outside of wrestling? Oh, what have I been? I watched Sharp Objects. Right. The mini series from a couple of years ago with Amy. That was Sean Sean Bean in it. No, no, no. No, that's a, that's a different sharp. Um, right. Sharp object. It's kind of a, an American Gothic sort of um, southern uh, crime dr- crime drama like mystery. It's a mystery. It's a murder serial killer murder thing. Um, but it was very good. It's like eight episodes. I would recommend that. Right. Uh, not not the most fun, obviously. But I've um, also been watching What We Do in the Shadows. Oh, that's talk, been so good. Talked about that. Um, I think that's finishing up soon. Although I've yeah. come to, I think it's only just starting on BBC soon. I I so. think I, I'm not I'm not sure. Don't, like don't quote me on this, but they might have done an iPlayer dump on it. Oh, okay. it wasn't a, it, it wasn't on iPlayer <coughs> the other day, so right. I think maybe maybe yeah. it's all dropping on there soon. Yeah, um, but I, I I've been watching it through uh, surreptitious means, and uh, the yeah. finale was Wednesday night, and it was it was wonderful, absolutely yeah, I've wonderful. Got, I've got that to watch. Yeah, um, and I've caught um, a show called Central Park is right. new animation from the people who made bob's burgers right um which is a musical 
Okay. Um, well, I'm out. I'm, I'm out. Yeah. Well, there you go. But you, you asked. What about you? Um, well, I've been watching lots of films, uh, trying to, trying because to, some of you may know I write for Starburst magazine, and every year they do a what are your your favourite films from the past year and the sci-fi, fantasy, horror genre. Um, and every year I have about four films in my list because that's that's all I watch, and most of them are kids' films. Um, so this year, because I've obviously had a bit more time with not being able to go out to shows i've decided to try and watch um, every film that qualifies uh in that period so i've been watching lots of films and three that i particularly recommend uh there was one called uh, vhs um which is uh kind of it's almost like found footage um of of an 80s tv buff um it's very very good very short only 72 minutes um, so worth watching. Uh, there's a Brazilian uh, film called Bacurau, uh, which I really, really enjoyed, kind of a modern Western. Um, and then uh, an anime film, because I don't know if you know, I'm an anime, Chris. Um, the, the latest mm-hmm. uh, Makoto Shinkai film, Weathering With You, Tenki no Ko, um, which yes, is beautiful. I that recently. Yeah, yeah. Um, almost made me weep at the end. Um, it was it was lovely. Um, it didn't make me weep because there was too many um, musical montages. Oh um, yeah, I mean there was, uh, but um, you know, but it was a, a beautiful film. And then on um, on TV, I'm I'm finally watching Broad Broad City. I'm really enjoying that. Uh, Ilana is just the worst person in the world. Um, although maybe Bevers gives her a run for her, uh, her money. Um, but I'm just into series two of that. Um, and uh, there is a show uh, I want to watch called Blood Machines, um, which is just three episodes. Uh, and it's apparently a, uh, a technicolor delight in uh, the sort of the way of, of those things that have been out recently, like the Neon Demon and uh, Drive and uh, Color Out of Space. So lots of color on the screen in a bit of horror. So, yeah, that's what I've been up to. And writing stuff for my zines. Issue four came out today, Chris. Hopefully oh, people are... Good. are are getting on it and and buying it i've actually finished yeah. issue five as all well right. all right um, i get it yeah i get it i'll give you some money jesus yeah well the, the reason I, i've I... done the, the reason i've done issue five is because um i want to get a head start on issue six but also because i'm going to do a non-wrestling fanzine because my fanzine is called wrestling can be anything and there are people who won't buy it because they're not into wrestling and that's the only reason they won't buy it. it's not because they don't like me or they don't think i'm a good writer uh, it's just because they're not into wrestling so I'm going to do one called Anything Can Be Anything uh, about anything that's not wrestling. So I want to get a head start on that. But yeah, um, if you're into writing about uh, weird wrestling, perhaps hit me up for my zine. Very good. Um, do so. Go onto the Facebook page because there'll be some information about how you can get hold of copies of Alan's zine, um, yep. which make for a fantastic coaster. Um, <laughs> um, but yeah, we'll be back next week. Let's let's endeavour to get back together and at least talk about the New Japan shows. Yeah. Um, the first and second, the first two shows, I think, take place Wednesday and Thursday next week. Is that right? Uh, I thought it was Monday um, and Tuesday, isn't it? Oh, perhaps I'm not. No, 16th. When's the 16th? I'm looking at the calendar. Sixteenth is Tuesday. Tuesday. So it's Tuesday, Tuesday and Wednesday. And Wednesday. Yeah. Um, so maybe we'll try and get together to to break those down. Um, yeah. We'll, we'll do one. We'll do one podcast. Yeah. We don't need to do one per show. 
Uh, <laughs> I mean, we can. Um, I haven't got let, much else going on. Let's but, um, let's let's aim to do one. Yeah. Um, and other unless you've got anything else to say, I am going to nothing else to say. Nothing at all. Cool, cool. Everybody, get online. Get on the internet. Get on Facebook. Let Alan know that you're really interested in his zines because <laughs> he needs he needs like we all do. He needs that validation right now. So give him a boost. Um, give us a boost. Maybe, well, a, Chuck, maybe a, Cap- a Capri's boost. Oh, I'd love a boost right now. Um, just say something nice. Let's say something yeah. nice about each other. Yeah. Um, not not me and you. Not not to each other over this call right now. <laughs> That'd be it's weird. Really uncomfortable. But you know, maybe um, maybe give Alan a compliment. Maybe give me a compliment. Maybe give somebody else on the Facebook group a compliment. Just everybody, just look out for each other. Right. Okay. Well, until next time, Alan has still got to go and eat that quiche. I have. I've just. Uh, I've just taken the cover off it. It looks lovely. Oh boy. What a lucky. What a lucky chap you are. Oh. Um, so Alan's going to go and eat a quiche. I'm going to go and make some sort of decision about food to eat. And until next time, go Ed. We had joy. We had fun. We had seasons in the sun. Up the hills that we climbed, for the seasons out of time. All our lives we had fun, we had seasons in the sun. Up the world that we keep, for the starfish on the beach.